guys for being online. Um, honored that you're here. Um, you know, a couple of things. I just want to just to say how proud I am of you guys for Leave Your Seat Sunday. The rhythm will be the last Sunday of the month. We're going to go out in the community and we're going to do something activist to reverse the decline of of Christianity in the West. We're going to go out and we are going to be Jesus and we're going to meet Jesus in the people we serve. So I want to challenge you. Don't be afraid. I want to challenge you to to realize that um, this isn't a program. This is what this is what love does uh, to move towards other people. And, and my prayer as we go is that it will be organic. It will be inside of you. And, and I love what I heard both on campus and then actually, you know, for some who were not on campus, people who, who said, you know what, I can go serve my neighbor where I am. The whole idea of following Jesus is that, that you choose to follow him personally. And, and so that you're not kind of, um, you know, passively dependent on, on some other people organizing something from you. You trust that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And if you see a need in your community, in your neighbors, then you go and meet that. And you know what? It counts just as much as if you were up here. Or, or, or at one of the transformation centers someplace. Do you understand that? So, so again, which Sunday of the month is it? You guys are so good. And I just want to say I'm, I'm thrilled with that. Now, one other quick thing before we start. When you see Gwen Hubbard, okay, uh, congratulate her. Today is her anniversary, and she's, I'm going to get in trouble for saying something. This is a man thing. In here, it's good. It's going to come out wrong. But she's been here so long, we don't even know how long, okay? <laughs> it's true, because Gwen started serving, um, you know, almost full-time volunteer for years. And, uh, and so she's just been a wonderful servant. She, she came on full-time somewhere around, she was trying to remember this morning, we were too, somewhere around 2002 or so. So if you see Gwen, tell her you love her, and just thank God for her, okay? Thank you, Gwen. Now, the, the title of the message today is just called Grateful. And, you know, one of the things that, that frustrates me sometimes with, with Christians and Christianity and religion versus Christ followers is that sometimes we just get things upside down and backwards as believers. And some of the things that we think are the shallowest things are the deepest things. And some of the things that we think are so deep, I think in the end are going to be really shallow and Jesus is just going to dismiss them and say that meant nothing to me. Gratitude, I think, is going to mean everything to Jesus. And I think it means everything to us. I'm going to give you today a simple memory verse that will change your life. And today, as I'm sharing with you, I'm not sharing with you as one who has arrived on on any of this journey. I'm just telling you, this is the greatest journey of my life right now. And this verse was my life verse. God clearly whispered to me at the beginning of 2021, Drew, if you want to know my will, here it is live this. And so that's what I'm doing. So, so I, I want to just dispel this idea that, that other people have it all mastered and figured out and you're different because you don't. I do not. My life is totally in process and totally in, in you know, uh, just a real mixed bag. This, this week I got to go uh, down to the Hatfield-McCoy trail system and ride uh, off-road on some trails. And um, 
And it's this weird mix with me because I absolutely love it and it scares me to death. You know, okay, I'm, I'm weird. But, but it, it causes me to make choices. And, and, it, and it, it calls me to courage. And usually we'll come up to some trail and, and, and whoever's riding will sit at the bottom and decide, are we going to do this? And usually we, we cogitate on it for a long time. Um, we pulled up to a trail there and I measured it with my iPhone because I didn't want to exaggerate. You know, it's like the fisherman who catches a fish this big uh, and it was really this big when he tells the story, right? So I, I got the iPhone. I walked down about 30 yards, which was hard to do, and then I measured it. And it was, it was between 31 and 33 degrees steep, which is fairly steep for something that's rocky and slick. Anyway, we all pull up and we're at the bottom of this and, and we're beginning our processing of whether or not we're going to climb this. And I knew that I couldn't process it. I was either going to go or talk about it, you know, and not do it. And so my friends are just sitting here beside me, and I just go, zoom, and, and took up off after it. And that's what I'm inviting you to do with gratitude. There's going to be a mix in all of this of sorrow and resentment and anger and frustration and unbelief that's the way it is in the spiritual journey. Rarely is your life with God ever going to be in a state where it doesn't require immediate faith. And rarely is there going to be a moment in your life, there will be, but rarely is there going to be a moment in your life in the beginning of things where everything is all just um, crystal clear and, 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 and easy peasy. It's going to take a choice. Grateful. I want to have some good news for you today to say that we all get to choose how happy we are in life. You really do. And, and some of you right now are thinking that's not true for me because, and then you start filling the blank with your circumstances. Well, hold on to that. I, I, I want to honor your circumstances with some truth here in a moment. But the truth is, we all get to choose how happy we are in life. Life is a choice between being grateful for all that God has done or resentful for all that he hasn't. Even hateful for all that he hasn't done. And hateful may sound like a strong word, but the truth is we often veil our emotions. When you are passive-aggressive to somebody, you know, you are actually being aggressive. You're just lying about it. You know, um, you, you comment somebody's Wait a lot. You know, you're not nearly as fat as you used to be. Um, those sorts of comments, that's just hateful. And, and it's couched in ways that are less, you know, obvious, less overt. But if you uncover the icing, the cake beneath is just, is just hate. We are all going to make a choice between being grateful for everything that God has done for us or, or resentful and hateful for all that he hasn't. Grateful or hateful, bitter or better, where we choose to find happiness determines the life we live. And when I say to you that you can choose how happy you are in life, some of you, there, there's two places that we're going to go with this. One is to think that I'm going to be happy when, I, when all the pieces of life as I conceive of them fall into place. If I win the lottery, if I have enough money, if my wife changes and becomes more loving, if my husband changes and becomes the prince that I thought he was before I kissed the frog, you know, then, then I will be happy. If this circumstance and this circumstance and this circumstance changes, then I will be happy. And even when we come to faith in Christ, 
most of us hold on to one non-negotiable thing in our life to say, this must change before I will be happy. And, and, and we'll give up a lot. We'll give up like a stair step. You know, we'll, we'll climb the stairs, but we often hold out on one or two things to say, no, this is non-negotiable to me. I will not be joyful and happy and thankful to God until He does this. And I have some good news and bad news for you. Let me lead with the bad news this time. The bad news is, even your non-negotiable has got to go. Because God's not going to negotiate with it. So even the one thing in your life that says, I will not be grateful and joyful and happy until this happens. You're single and you, you say, God, you can, you've done all these great things in my life, but until you give me Mrs. Wright or Mrs. Wright, I will not be happy. Or, or whatever it is, until you know, we have a child or until this person stops drinking or whatever, whatever your non-negotiable is, even that has to go because these are different sources and different paths. Life is a choice between grateful for all that God has done or hateful for all that he hasn't. And, and it really is. There really is no in-between. Now, some of you are already co- correcting me out there. You know, happiness is not a biblical word. Anybody thinking that? It's okay. Is anybody out there thinking at all? Y'all are just too quiet. I'm just telling you. You're just too quiet. Some of y'all are thinking, well, happiness isn't very theological. Um, it is. Joy is the biblical word, but I don't know too many joyful people who aren't happy. Do you? Here's the difference. Um, We choose how happy we are, um, how joyful we are, by choosing the source and path of what brings us joy and makes life good. So, we're born into the world and naturally we're going to look to the world for our source and path of what makes us happy and makes life good. We're going to look to the world and its values and, and what it can provide for us. And when we get whatever we've looked around in the world and said, that's good, that'll make me happy, then, you know, that is the world's path. The trouble with the world's path is it is a dead end. It is a, it is a lie. It cannot deliver what it calls you to. And so God so loved the world, He sent His Son into the world, and Jesus came, and He offers us a different path. And this path is not to find our source of love in the world and our source of happiness in the accumulation of things or, or the arrangement of circumstance. Now our source and path becomes the, the active love of God in Jesus Christ and what God has done for us in Christ and what God does for us in Christ day by day, dawn by dawn. They're different paths. And Jesus called us and said the only way to find happiness in this world, joy, fulfillment, I came that you might have life and you might have it to the full, to the overflowing. Jesus said, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow through them. And those are streams of joy and streams of happiness, even in hard circumstance. And so again, I just want to introduce to you the idea that, that, that we're not talking simplistically in life, that, that two things can be mixed together. For me, climbing the hills because it fall, I fall sometimes and it hurts, um, joy and fear can be mixed. I just choose which, which is going to rain. 
And there's an even greater joy in conquering fear. And you can have hard circumstances in your life and you can have great joy and profound gratitude. You can be grateful. You choose how happy you are in life. And, and here's the importance of your choice, not only for you because you are precious to God. You are loved by God. You matter to God. You are, you are the, the, the child of God. And, and if you are any kind of a, of a decent human being with, with love in your heart and you've ever held your child and loved them, then you have a glimpse of how much God loves you, but only a glimpse because it's infinitely more than you have ever loved. That little child in your arms, as, as you felt their breath, is, is there anything sweeter than baby's breath on your neck when you're holding him? It's like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just amazing. And, and, and the greatest longing of your father is to hold you in a similar fashion. So not only is it critical for you to choose joy for you, it's also critical because your life is going to be destructively radioactive or it's going to radiate love to everyone around you and infect them with where your heart is the rest of your life. And if you are filled with resentment to God, it might be open resentment and open rebellion doing crazy destructive things. It might be very muted resentment and hate for God that, that it's just much more, you know, again, much more civilized and dressed up and sometimes even churched. But everybody around you is going to get something toxic from you. I, uh, I, I talked to a person recently um, who's mother, um, between her Bible studies and her church going, uh, said to her child, I wish you were the one that died and not, not, not my other child. Really? Um, where did that come from? Well, not heaven. <laughs> and so your choice to choose gratitude and joy matters for you because you matter, but it also matters in a huge ripple in the pond way. It will echo through eternity what you choose to do. So here's your memory verse, and it is not hard. Some of you say, I cannot uh, memorize scripture. Well, here's a truth. You can't do what you don't try to do. You got it? Okay. If you try to memorize scripture repeatedly, you will find the Holy Spirit has enabled you to remember Scripture. And the great thing about that is that when you need that, that Scripture, the Holy Spirit will draw it out of your heart and it will give you strength. So, so I'm, I'm going to go whole hog on you guys. I'm, I'm going to believe in you so much. I'm going to give you three verses. How many of you all believe that you can memorize three verses in the next few minutes? Some of you all doubting a little bit. I want to see every hand go up, even if it's fake right now. That's the mix right now. Even if it's fake, just lift that hand up because you're going to go up that hill, right? Now, here it is, and you're going to say, oh, thank you for choosing those verses. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. I want you to say it with me. Rejoice always. Say it concurrently with me. Ready? Rejoice always. Pray continually. And give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. All right, we're going to say it one more time together, and, and you're going to be amazed how easy it is. I, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands this time, but as a pastor, I, 
I get people all the time saying, Pastor, I, I want to know God's will for my life. And usually what they're asking for is a roadmap, right? But if you want to know God's will for your life, here it is. Plain and simple, black and white, doesn't get any more cleaner or clearer than this. All right? So let's say it together one more time. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Why? It is as clear as it can be. So, after you've committed your life to follow Jesus Christ, it has to begin there. Without that step, there is no, there is no other step. Without your choice not to be religious, but to relinquish the will and control of your life to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, Savior of the world. Without your decision to die to yourself at high cost and begin to live an activist life in the footsteps of Jesus. Follow me, Jesus said in Matthew 4.19. You can't stay still. You can't be a do-nothing and follow Jesus. You can't be uh, uh, just a seat sitter and a watcher and follow Jesus. You are called of God. The call of God is on your life to actively follow Jesus every day through life and to be a world changer. That's who you really are. And living anything less than that is you denying who you really are because who you really are is who you are in Christ. Got it? After choosing to commit your life to follow Jesus Christ and dying to yourself, then these are the three steps to happiness. First, choose joy. Breathe prayer second. And practice gratitude. That's it. Let's start with the first one. Choose joy. It is a choice. It absolutely is a choice. Because the choice you've made in choosing to follow Jesus is to leave the path of circumstance and self-creation. It is to leave the path of you being your own God and deciding what it takes to make you happy and what you really need. And you've left that path. You're not looking to the world to provide for you what it's selling. You're on a new path. Your path is into the love of God. Your path is in the footsteps of Jesus into the heart of God. That's your path now. And a part of your faith is that you trust that God is good. We used to say all the time, and it's not a cliche, it's, it's worth saying and worth remembering, God is good, and all the time, it is, it is the core foundation of even creation theology as God creates the heavens and the earth from His words and looked around at all He, he created and said, it is good, because He is good. And to choose joy... Um, you know, it's not circumstantial. It is, it is a choice you make in the footsteps of Jesus to trust God, to release your anxieties, to, to believe in such a way that, that in the mix of the, of the fear and everything else you feel, this now has my focus and I believe enough to act and to follow. Scripture says in um, Nehemiah 8.10, The joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what makes you strong. That's what brings your life together is that, that you have chosen joy. The joy of the Lord. The second step in, in choosing happiness is to breathe prayer. And I say breathe prayer because that's what it, it means to pray continually. You, you, you just stay in contact with God. 
I'm telling you guys, when, when we are not grateful for what God has done for us, we begin to be resentful and hateful for what He hasn't done for us. And, and what we do is then we begin to turn away from God. Because you don't talk to people you're mad at. All right, field, um, you know, uh, a field trip for us all here. How many of y'all have ever been mad at somebody? Okay, if, if there's a single hand down, I just want to see, are you breathing right now? You know, are you conscious? How many of y'all have ever been mad at somebody and avoided them? Okay, you don't have to raise your hand on last, this last one, but how many of you have ever been mad at somebody and then seen them at work or at the grocery store or somebody else and somewhere else and then you've chosen a different aisle or a different path or you've left the store, you know? Why? Because the simple truth is your heart turns away when you're angry. There might be a few other reasons why you don't pray. Maybe you don't trust that you're loved. Sometimes I hear people say, and I say silly with, with empathy and sympathy, but silly things like I don't know how. You do. You know, um, Jesus help, you know, there's a very theological, eloquent prayer. You, you do know how to pray. Maybe what, you, what you're saying actually is, I've heard people pray in flowery religious ways and I don't know how to do that. And I would say, good. <laughs> you don't need to do that. What you need to do is to be God's well-loved daughter and well-loved child and, and just cry out, Papa? When I... Uh, Shared this story before when Hannah was born. She was born in a, a hospital that had lots of babies, I guess most do. And, and um, you know, we're, we're in one room uh, the day she was born and I wasn't told they were changing the room. And I'd, I'd had one afternoon of my daughter screaming in my ear and she did scream non-stop, non-stop. I'd had one afternoon of screaming and, and late into the night I went home and I came back the next day to a hallway of screaming babies, literally. I mean, there's babies screaming everywhere. And I'm walking down the hall, and, and let's say there's, there's 25 rooms on this hall. I'm at a room about four, and I'm going to room 30 at the very end, because that's where we are. I'm at, I'm at room four, and I'm tired, and, and I hear a cry. That's my child. And I turn into the room, and I, you know... I'm tired. I'll just plead, you know, the fifth. And, and, and there's Martian hand. They had moved her. I knew my child's cry. Why? Because she was mine. Your heavenly father knows your cry because you are his. A, a, a little while later, before Hannah could really speak, she was having a, a, a little nightmare in her, in, her, in her crib. I mean, she was just like, the first few words and I just I just heard the faintest cry I was downstairs I heard the faintest cry and, and I just I, like I, I didn't even, it wasn't even like a sound almost and, but I'm there your heavenly father is moment by moment waiting and listening for your heart to cry out to him but when you're mad at him and resentful you're not gonna you're not gonna turn to him you're gonna turn away so so the truth is, you, you can be as happy as you want to be. If you choose the joy of the Lord which God has offered you in Christ, it's yours. All the love of heaven is yours in spite of all the hell of this world. 
If, if you breathe prayer and, and choose to turn to God and talk to Him and, and, and include Him and, 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 and realize that the only reason I would stay away from God is that I'm wrongly mad at Him. Have you ever been mad at somebody and you're the one wrong? I have. <laughs> I know some of you guys. You know, Marsha's mostly wrong in our relationship, but uh, <laughs> Marsha, I apologize online. I know you're watching this and... I'm just kidding. When you're wrong and you own it, it's your responsibility to change. And one of the ways that you can demonstrate your gratitude for all that God has done for you is that you turn to Him and you begin to love Him back with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and you breathe prayer. You see, the only reason you don't pray is because you don't believe and you're mad. Because you think God owes you something that, that you don't have. Life is a choice between grateful for all that God has done for us or mad for all He hasn't. The last step to happiness is to practice gratitude. And I mean practice. I mean you don't get to hold on to your mad anymore. You don't get to be mad at anybody else when you come to the cross. Remember the story we told you of, uh, of, of the, the, the parable Jesus said of the guy who owed like five billion and then he went out and, and, and the guy who owed him $500, he choked on, he held on. To, that's us. If you're unhappy today because somebody has hurt you, it's because you're not willing to accept the forgiveness of God and let that overflow and to forgive that person. And you not forgiving somebody, somebody has well said, is like you punishing them by drinking poison yourself. Wow, you really showed them. <laughs> to practice gratitude means that that we give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because God has done good things in Christ and is doing good things. And you know what? Sometimes when I am really hurting and really blind and I can't see what God has done for me and I can't see what God is doing for me, sometimes I get down on my knees and, and in the midst of all of the heaviness and the hurt, I just look forward and I anticipate heaven and all the good that God is going to do for me. And I'm just telling you, when the good of God begins to invade your heart and soul, you are lifted into gratitude, and your gratitude overflows, and, and you become a joyful person, breathing prayer, choosing joy, practicing gratitude in all things, and your life is just different. You are not bitter, you are better. You are not angry and holding on to hurts. You are experiencing the healing of heaven in your life. I've seen some amazingly grateful people living in radical poverty that, that was just heartbreaking for me. And, and you know what? I walked away thinking I'm the one in poverty, not them. Because I'm looking to this world and I'm setting conditions for God and saying, God, unless you do this, this, and this, I'm not going to be grateful for you. And God, God doesn't negotiate. <laughs> if, you, if you go that route, you're going to lose. Because if you pick up your cross, you've died, and your last non-negotiable has to die as well. God, and I want you to think about that right now. What is, what is the one thing keeping you from a joyful, grateful, prayerful life? What is the one overwhelming sadness, the one circumstance or situation that you just can't get past, that if only God would do this, then I'd be okay? What is that for you? Well, in Jesus' name, you're just going to have to drop it. And trust that what God did on the cross for you 
what God is actively doing and giving you breath every single day and loving you more relentlessly than you can imagine. And all that God has in store for you in the glory to come is more than enough. Choose joy, breathe prayer, and practice gratitude. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And I'm going to ask you guys this week to do God's will and to practice gratitude. I just want to close with some of the things that I'm grateful for as the pastor of the church at Seven Run in my, my time with you. There's a hundred of them. We don't have time, so I'm just going to go with just a couple. I'm grateful for your serving heart and your faithful fellowship of Jesus Christ. I am so very grateful. Do you know how many churches would be willing to, to go out on the last Sunday of the month and actually make a, a difference in the world around them? Very few. Very few. You guys were out last week beautifully serving other people. And I'm just telling you, sometimes it's going to be messy. Sometimes, you know, it's, you're going to have to be flexible. But Jesus said that he will separate the sheep from the goat based on those who went out to those who were least noticed and least loved. And they became love and they met Jesus. If you serve, you will meet Jesus. It starts at home and it overflows to the rest of life. So I just want to thank you guys for being such a faithful church. You guys are not content to play religion. You're not content to, to put a lid on God. You're not content to, 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 to make a religious icing on your worldly cake. You want Jesus and it shows. And I, I am so grateful for the authenticity of your faith. I'm grateful that I get to serve an integrated church, a church that looks like heaven. I I struggle for the right language. And here I just want to say, in terms of talking about race or anything else, you're just going to get it wrong sometimes. And, and I, if your heart is right, just don't worry about your head, okay? I mean, try to think, use your head, but <laughs> just don't be afraid to engage in, in conversations about race because fear. God created people differently. None of us chose how we were created. Every one of us was chosen by God to express his love and beauty and creativity. God loves what he did and I love what God did in making us all as diverse and different as we are. Black and white, all the, 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 the spectrum. I struggle with language like people who loved that God created with with darker um, pigmented skin and, and people who God loved and created with lighter pigmented skin. It's kind of awkward, but it's theologically accurate, you know. But, but let me just, just say this, that, that I love that those of you who are, who are African-American, I love that you let me be your pastor. And I thank you for that. It, it, is, it is an honor for me to be your pastor. I thank those of you uh, who are, who are, you know, uh, Caucasian folks, whatever you want to call yourselves, I don't know. Um, I thank you that, that you are hearing and following my heart in us living scripture of honoring one another above ourselves and of, 
of living Galatians 2, which says, share each other's burdens and in this way so fulfill the law of Christ, which was the law of love. As a pastor, as, as long as God gives me breath, you know, we can't fix everything in a broken world, but, but so often we do nothing because we can't do everything. I say pick something and do something about that and God will take care of the rest. And one of my, my calls in my life is, is for us to, to live the love of God and to bear the burden of those who've suffered racism in this world. So without all the generalizations that, and the defensiveness that, that some of us white people want to make, you know, here's the deal. You don't get to decide what somebody else's burden is. Even in my marriage, if Marcia tells, tells me that she's hurting about something, my man response, my mansplaining is, oh, that's no big deal, right? You shouldn't feel this way. Any, any of y'all done that? Don't, don't own it. I know you never have. But I have often worked hard to explain to Marsha why she's wrong to feel the way she's feeling. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a fool for doing that. <laughs> Scripture says, bear one another's burdens. And if someone that my Heavenly Father loves is hurting, love can't see pain and do nothing. And so a part of what we're going to do as a church is we are going to bear the pain of people who are experiencing racism, have experienced racism. And I, I just want to say this, if, if you're a white person and you don't believe racism exists, just talk to somebody of color and hear their story. Stop with all your defenses. Stop with whatever your uh, political affiliations and all the abstract political... Just shut up and listen for a few moments. And do the same with your spouse as well. <laughs> and hear their heart. And we don't bear one of those burdens as superiors or anything. It's broken to broken but I love what God is doing in this church and I thank you for hearing my heart and for you listening to Scripture and seeking to, to love as Scripture would have us to love. Amen? And lastly, I love that you're passionate about following Jesus into life-changing salvation. And, and that, that that overflows into helping other people find and follow him as well. Guys, we're going to pray and do everything we can to lead 150 people to find Jesus as their Lord and Savior and to lead them to be baptized this year. I thank you that you're willing to, to, to choose your top five people and you're willing to begin to pray for those five people to come to know Jesus. And in the next three weeks, the next series we're doing, I'm, gonna, I'm going to, to put this positively, I'm going to, to, to ease your anxiety about sharing Jesus uh, with other people. You're going to know how to do it in these next three weeks. Do you, do you believe that? And I am so thankful for your willingness not to be ashamed or embarrassed about Jesus Christ and his wonderful, beautiful salvation message that gives us every reason in this world to live in this hard, broken world with, with never-ending joy, with constant communion in prayer and with a gratitude that puts a smile not only on our faces but on everyone around us. I am grateful for you. <laughs>